Well, that turned into a lovely evening of fun and games. And, uh, you know, we weren't sure how he was going to turn out at the end of last of the last episode with Stan and Stevie kind of going at it. She was kind of rushing him uh, mm-hmm. to get ready. So it, it's cool to see the whole experience. And, you know, in, even from Stan's point of view, I think he was a little surprised by it. Yeah, and I think that that's part of the message that we're going to get into is that uh, sometimes if we give a situation an opportunity, uh, we can be very surprised by a certain situation or a certain person. And um, and it certainly looked that way because I really feel like Haven went above and beyond to make sure that he felt comfortable. And so uh, it seemed that it wrapped up, uh, came all together, and they all seemed to have a, a good vibe. So I'm looking forward to hearing the discussion afterwards, maybe in an episode or two down the road, and see just what Stan and Stevie did take from, from this meeting. And I do just want to take a moment and send Alexander a little praise. He's been doing the music and the sound effects on all the stories. And if if you've noticed that the last two or three episodes have been legendary oh. from at least my perspective, and we've kind of come upon this effect where Alexander adds like another voice. So there's two voices or even more, I think, um, if you get down to the the engineering part of mm-hmm. it, uh, overlapping. And we're using this effect to show when an emotional reaction is being shown in the physical form. Yes. And we want to do it from an artistic standpoint to keep the negative energy out of the story. So that's the intention of that effect is having that uh, kind of like our inner child that's having that emotional reaction at a lower decibel or a lower volume level so that you still get the effect, but you don't have to pick up all of the so-called bad energy or bad vibes. So, yeah, let us know if you have any sort of uh, opinions on whether you enjoy it or whether it's confusing or scary. (laughs) Uh, But, I mean, I, I just think we hit on something that nobody else is doing. Just that effect, I think, takes our stories to the next level. So interested to hear uh, all of your uh, experiences out there. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So at the beginning of this one, we are kind of uh, starting off where we kind of left off from the last episode where you have Stevie and Stan going kind of back and forth and there's some banter and it can seem like Stevie forces Stan to go. And of course, nobody can really force us to do anything, but I, I think there is this kind of perspective in relationships nowadays where when there's an applied pressure, I think we feel like we have no choice in it. And I'm not saying like Stan should have put his foot down and said absolutely not, but I think this can just turn into more of a discussion about what, you know, maybe some healthier options are or just dissect some of this. And, you know, in the past, we've gotten into the sacrifice and compromise. I think um, it was episode six, it might have been, that we touched upon that, but I'm not sure. In the uh, Inward Journey series, we do have an actual episode uh, in a more uh, logical and linear form um, on this exact subject. Um, but what, what do you... Wow. Um, uh, But Alexander, come in here if you want to share anything on that. Yeah, so, you know, obligation, I think, is a word that fits that well. And yes, many times in most 
modern relationships, uh, most people have been taught that there is this sacrifice and compromise in relationships. And I happen to feel very deeply that you're, you are able to have a more intimate and complete, fulfilling relationship if you don't bring those two compromise and what's the other word? Sacrifice. Yeah, if you don't bring compromise and sacrifice in, it keeps the vibration a whole lot cleaner to where I call this let's make a deal type of relationships. Well, I will I will do this with you that I don't want to, but then you've got to do this with me that you don't normally want to. And we'll go a little bit deeper into the 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 full extended version to of different examples of that, but this is certainly a very typical type of situation to where one partner really wants to go be social and the other person or partner doesn't. And uh, here they both carry some of that um, social vibrations as both being fives in the human design that we brought up. But Stan is just a little bit more reserved and he's not as social as Stevie is. And she's already met Rio, so she's excited. Stan's just going into the unknown. So, but I think he was surprised, like we said uh, earlier. And I think it has an opportunity to open up his mind to possibly what Rio is sharing with Stevie. And it may even aid to bring them closer together down the road. And I do want to give Haven some props for seeming to go above and beyond to make sure that he was comfortable and, you know, showing a side that, that they're not just into, uh, what Rio's in they're into the sports as well. And so, uh, maybe that's going to be a a nice connection uh, for Stan as well. Yeah. I think something that you've said in a past episode around sacrifice and compromise was you get into keeping score. And of course, when you're keeping score, there's competition. Mm-hmm. And when there's competition or in a relationship, you're kind of exiting the consciousness of it. And you're, you know, you're bringing in like, uh, more of what you said, where if, you know, if, I mean, I guess, <laughs> I guess you're bringing in the sacrifice yeah, of compromise. The let's make a deal yeah. stuff. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> All right. And then, and then as they, uh, go to Rio's house and Rio answers the door. Stevie says something in a, in a old way of, and then she corrects herself, uh, being aware that Rio is there and, and, uh, Stan notices and then asks, you know, why she said that. But then that kind of was left out. Like there was no response back from Stevie, but this, you know, kind of brings up a question for me is, you know, was Stevie doing this because Rio inspired her inspired her to be more conscious about the things that she says, you know, be impeccable with your word, or is she doing this to impress? Yes. To looking for approval. And of course, Stan wasn't part of their original conversation and it's around the, the apology or the style of apology of I'm sorry. And Stevie seems to have a habit of just saying that over and over. And Rio brought it up to her attention the first time they met. And so you know, this is kind of a, a sensitive subject because when people start seeing you change your language or change your actions only around certain people, then that's normally you're looking for approval or they're looking for approval from them. 
But hopefully Stevie will take this to another level and want to, you know, bring that into her every day. And, you know, we can carry a little compassion for Stan and even in his scoffing at her because it sounded different. It was something that he had never heard her say that, um, pardon our tardiness. And so, uh, so it's, it's, it's where in the beginning of certain levels of work and you're going through these changes, many times our partners don't aren't comfortable with that because they are worried about that influence and where that influence is going to take them. And if there's something that kind of backfires where the other person in the relationship feels like that person's changing and the change is affecting their relationship for, you know, it could be the negative, then that person is going to be blamed uh, for bringing that energy in. Yes, very much. And that's where, you know, everyone taking full responsibility and, um, you know, that's even one of the pillars of emotional responsibility and accountability. And whether we're being influenced by someone or something external, that external should not be judged because it's still the person, the individual's responsibility of whether they allow that to influence them and whether it can be explained as to how it is benefiting them, you know, and possibly the relationship. So then we get into communication. So, you know, informing and maybe Stevie could have, you know, talked to Stan uh, sometime over the last couple of weeks and mentioned just that she was working on this with this phrase, I'm sorry, and to find another way to apologize or to just ask the question, is an apology necessary at this time? Because, again, a lot of people out there have gotten trained with that. It's a defense mechanism, but they don't really realize what they're saying to their subconscious constantly. And I'm very bewildered anyway of how that phrase got attached to apologizing. Um, but I do feel like that, you know, you can say it in a different way or, or do it in a different vibration. For me, an apology for myself that I like to share with people is to recognize what you did incorrectly or that you need to work on. What Moving forward, how you're going to work on shifting that vibration, that language or whatever it is. And then where you want to be optimally as to be completely done with that word or phrase or just be completely uh, rejuvenated and renewed it with a whole different phrase and different meanings. And so so there is a way to apologize on a much more conscious level, and that's through normally what we call the three R's is you recognize the person, the place, or the thing. You respect it by stopping the judgment And then you simply redirect it. So in this case, when we see something that we've done so-called wrong, we just want to recognize it. We want to respect it by stopping the judgment and then just redirect the energy in a more beneficial uh, direction. And I have a personal experience of kind of how, you know, how Stevie met Rio and the energies uh, of wanting to change came in and how that affected her relationships. In my life, this is kind of going, you know, kind of simultaneously uh the same way that uh when i met you alexander and and uh so in the in the complete conversation i'll share uh, an experience that i've had and how that affected my relationships to give more insight on this um and then uh when the question of passion came up again from rio stevie 
kind of had a little bit of an emotional reaction as she was kind of saying probably something that she's been thinking for a while since the original question came up. And again, like I could resonate with this when, um, when there's some frustration around maybe yourself, maybe your life, you know, because this question has allowed her to reflect on a lot and a lot of what she's unhappy with in her life. And I think there's there's some inspiration, but also maybe some self-induced pressure to to make a change and find a way to change it because she's not happy. And I think sometimes the more we dig, the more we find out how unhappy we are. And we mm-hmm. may have just been stuck in a subconscious loop and now we're kind of breaking out of it. Uh, so, you know, she was initially just discussing what kind of, you know, that question has brought up for her. And then it kind of got to a, a point where uh, you could tell some some more emotion uh, was coming out of it. Yes. And I think that just turned into frustration. And a lot of people experience that when they first wake up, so to say, or start seeing things in life differently. And as you said, it can create an avalanche once you start uh, digging into what doesn't serve you. And that's kind of where it seemed like Stevie had gotten here is that I don't feel like she's angry or really that upset, but just frustrated at just maybe how long she's been doing nothing. And now she's so ready to do something. And so, you know, to all you listeners out there that are going through shifts, Remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. And we've been taught uh, way too often to make things happen way too fast and expect things to happen way too fast. And so uh, just chop your wood, carry your water, and time will take care of the rest of it. And Rio recognizes that Stevie is having this emotional reaction or maybe the the change in energy that this question has brought up in her. And uh, I noticed that she kind of redirected the energy of Stevie and everybody to a more grounded activity where they sat down and held hands. Yes, and that was a great example of the three R's. And just coming together sometimes can help uh, an emotional person that seems to be uh, going in a downward spiral to just for it to connect with people that are grounded and centered. And I think that was a great example of um, shifting the vibration. So it seems like Rio and Haven played the role of, uh, they were very aware of the energies that uh, Stevie and Stan um, were kind of putting uh, putting off in their environment uh, in this experience. And I don't know if Stevie had maybe somehow had a conversation with Rio at some point in between them getting the invitation and them arriving on that Friday evening. But it seemed like Haven knew that uh, Stan was into sports. We, d- we don't know what he was wearing. Maybe he was wearing the hat of the local sports team and, mm-hmm. and maybe it was, it was, you know, just a lucky, you know, intuitive uh, play on her behalf. But it, it seemed like they, they did a lot to manage the, the energy of the room in the situation and to diffuse any sort of maybe even judgments that Stan may have had. I mean, they knew this is the first time they're meeting him and I mean, the world has judgments and, uh, you know, in the story, we, we learned through Stan and Stevie's eyes, you know, the, the description of the house that they're in and all the musical instruments and the incense. And you kind of can feel like, okay, this is like a stereotypical, 
uh, judgment that we can place on these people. They're mm-hmm. more like the hippie crowd. They're, you know, probably, would you say, they're in their 50s? I don't know yeah, if we've ever talked about their age. So. Um, so they're kind of like older hippies, and, and so you can kind of, like, place judgments, and that's probably what Stan was doing. I mean, I think we all inherently do it. It's just, you know, some people are just better at, you know, uh, kind of telling those thoughts that now is not the time and, you know, being open and, and aware for, um, you know, to, to take in the whole experience. And I, I think the, I think when Haven asked Stan if he wanted a beer, I think that kind of shocked him Doing a little off, bit because yeah. he was like, you know, these people drink beer. And I, I just thought internally that it's, it seems like Haven and Rio are just, well balanced they don't have judgments mm-hmm. and i think that's kind of uh, there's like this when we get into the judgments of the hippie we we kind of look at okay they dress a certain way they do certain things they have certain decorations but in that in itself is kind of like a judgment placed on them that they judge other things and so it was good to see a well-rounded perspective on the world and that's kind of what we talk about on the just philosophy is being mm-hmm. neutral and for them not to have beer or to consider that anybody else would would not drink beer would be you know having a preference or having a judgment on other people but it was just good for them or good for me to see that you know okay wow these people are very neutral about a lot of things and yes accepting. yes and and uh obviously they are energetically sensitive and maybe they're just well versed at dealing with new people, judging them in this way. And I think it's very important to them to represent that non-judgment and that well-roundedness and showing that, uh, yes, uh, two people can be together, that one is really into this deep, more metaphysical stuff, and another one may not be as quite as deep into it and still into sports and, yes, maybe drinking some alcohol and things like that. So showing the diversity that, you know, conscious relationships don't have to be just like two people doing the exact same things the exact same way, that the diversity is important as well. And so, again, we look forward to getting deeper and deeper into the extended version and uh, dissecting this, uh, this subject and many more that we've already discussed. And one more thing before we transition into the complete conversation of this episode. Alexander, we did finally hear the human design and the destiny cards come up in the actual story. And uh, for those who aren't aware that we use these tool, these two tools within the Just Philosophy, do you want to give a little brief overview of what they are? Yeah, sure. The destiny card system is really based off of 10,000-year-old Egyptian numerology using the suits and the cards to differentiate uh, aspects of different people. And it that system's really good at showing your personality side and your higher self. And sometimes we need to leave part of our personality behind to step into that higher self. And then the human design is a great system to help you to understand the subtle energies, the energetics of how you're affected by the world and how the world affects you. So that's just a brief overview of those two systems, but combined, they carry quite a wallop in understanding how to get to our authentic selves. And if you are wondering at home while listening to this, what your human design and destiny cards are, uh, feel free to reach out to Alexander uh, you can head over to thejustphilosophy.com and there's a contact form there. 
you can shoot an email to him there and and you'll be able to learn more about your energetic blueprint. Yeah, so let's get together and journey, beautiful people.